I'm Meredith J. Flanagan. This is Remarkable Voices. My guest is Emerald Arguelles, photographer and editor-in-chief of Ain't Bad, an independent publisher of contemporary art. As a young visual artist, Emerald has become internationally recognized through her explorations capturing Black America. She acknowledges and honors the Black community. Stay with us to find out how. In the Black community, there's a lot of people who refer to themselves as being gods or kings. Um, and that's Black men. And for Black women, like it's either goddesses or queens. And I think there's like this different different type of honor to that, um, as opposed to, to what Black people are called. Um, in all different types of spaces, uh, <laughs> it was it's something to uplift. And I think my God Wears a Do-Rag was me taking these um, Black men that I saw every day, um, most of them were my friends, and depicting them as gods. You are listening to Remarkable Voices, conversations on culture, creativity, and big ideas with your host, Meredith J. Flanagan. Tonight, we welcome Emerald Arguelles. Emerald is a photographer and editor based in Savannah, Georgia. As a young visual artist, Emerald has become an internationally recognized photographer through her explorations and capturing of Black America. With an audacious mentality, Emerald relentlessly creates a communal space for Black folks in the modern world. Through her contemporary photographic work, Emerald acknowledges and honors the Black community, alluding to the importance of cultural acceptance and appreciation. Emerald, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, I'm super happy to be here. Honored to have you. So, of course, your work is a testimony, as you say, and a celebration to mm -hmm. the importance of Black lives. Let's talk about what image-based activism means to you. Yeah, so I don't know if anyone has kind of coined that term before, but I think it's the best way to describe my work. Um, I think that you know activism can come in many forms, and I think that in the depiction of Black people, um, for a while it's been weaponized. And... I think to to take images that celebrate the complexities of blackness and celebrate it is the best form of activism um, to me. You know, I think that activism can come in in many different ways, but I think as a visual artist, you have a duty and a responsibility to the people that you photograph and, and more specifically for myself, um, for my community. So... I believe that the activism in, in my work comes from that beauty of blackness. Um, I think there's a lot of different outlets and ways that blackness has been turned into something that's been, you know, demonized. And I think that the activism in my work is just that beauty, that celebration, that unapologetically themselves. Um, and I think showing the, 
like the hubs in our culture that a lot of people may not necessarily know about. Um, it kind of gives like this ode to all that we are, um, that people might not even realize. But I think for <clears throat> my community, I think them seeing themselves, um, and, and knowing that, you know, they're worthy and they are beautiful, um, and they're seen and they're represented. So they have that pride. I think that's also like a form of activism within themselves to, to have that, that confidence and that, I don't just that swag about them to be like, you know, I'm, I'm here and I'm seen and I'm represented. And it's like, it's an honor to be able to do that for them. Cause I know that's what I get, um, from photographers that I admire. Um, and I get that from my work as well. Mm. Incredible. Emerald, you recently had the cover of Oxford American, which was of course nationally published and on newsstands around the U S what did that feel like and what does it mean for your career? Um, so funny. So uh, just a little backstory on that. That was actually the the first time um, that my work was ever licensed. Um, mm. And I didn't have like a prior relationship with this publication. Um, but I did a small um, exhibition at the University of Arkansas and I guess like through that, uh, and this is me just kind of um, assuming, but through that um, ended up, the work ended up getting into the hands of one of the editors. And um, she actually recently just left. I believe she was the editor in chief or the editor. I'm not sure, but her name was um, Eliza and she was absolutely lovely. I think when I got the email, um, I was shook. <laughs> um, I didn't, I think I didn't realize, um, what that was for me. Cause I was dealing with so much personal stuff, um, on the back end, And I didn't really celebrate that moment until, you know, probably about six months ago. Um, mm. cause I was, I was dealing with, a with, a with grief from, um, a friend that passed and I didn't celebrate that moment, but I think I didn't celebrate that moment personally, but I think to see, you know, my peers, people I admire, um, the photographer that the image is named after, you know, really celebrate that image that meant so much to me because <laughs> when I took that image, it wasn't intended for it to go as far as it is going. Cause it's still like a, a, a popular thing. Um, but that moment meant a lot to me. I'm sorry I'm rambling, but No, not at all. <laughs> it was it was a big deal. When I got the 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 magazine in the mail, I just kind of like stared at it for a while. Um <laughs> and you know, later on, um Kennedy Carter, um, uh, which is another photographer out of uh North Carolina, she was featured in that issue and she recently just shot Beyonce for British Vogue. Um, so it's like, it's a great honor and it's kind of like that little, that spot for, that spot for me, kind of like in history where things kind of like all aligned. Yes. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> for our listeners, can you describe the image? Yeah. So, um, wow. Okay. So it's downtown Savannah. I don't know if anyone's ever been to Savannah or if you have, but it's, um, kind of like this old Southern house. Um, and it's these two girls who are hanging their heads out of the window um, of this house. And it's kind of divided in, this, uh, in the middle by the pane. 
And one of the girls has a purple wig on and the other girl has this pink wig on. And it's this very like beautiful pastel image. Um, and, it, and it's crazy because that, that image kind of came to me in a dream. And then we just kind of planned it from there. It took us all about three minutes to shoot it. <laughs> so to see like how far it went, um, it, it does mean a lot. Let's talk about growing up in your mother's salon. Yeah. So, um, wow. My mom, she was a cosmetologist for 22 years. Um, she doesn't do hair anymore. Um, but I remember being in new Orleans. Um, there was this salon that she worked that called fantastic Sam's. And I was the little kid running around, uh, sweeping hair, trying to figure out how to mix color, um, just kind of wreaking havoc on the salon. <laughs> um, but I remember one way that she would always kind of like, you know, employ me, give me something to do was to sweep the hair. And I would listen to the conversations that I had no business listening to. Um, <laughs> but that salon meant so much to me, I think. Um, as I got older, because um, being in the salon, especially in being in New Orleans, it's kind of like um, a big mixture of different people. And I remember I used to get babysat by this um, this man named Roy, and Roy was gay. And Roy was absolutely lovely. And being exposed to that very young kind of gave me this, this love for all people. Um, and, and, you know, and, and not being judgmental in the way that people live their lives now. And I think those like little small things like that, um, as a kid just kind of helped me as an adult now, um, in ways of acceptance and, you know, this, this passion that I have for diversity and inclusion in all spaces and more specifically in the arts. Um, but I think being there and picking up on that knowledge and, and seeing how, you know, my mom would go from being mom, she would step into a shop and then she would become someone's therapist um, very quickly, or she would be someone's, you know, homegirl that's just listening to, to just how her day went. Um, and I guess it showed me this, this uh, quality of her that was kind of like a chameleon um, that gave me a lot of respect um, for the hustle of black women. Um, and how, you know, there's all these different modes that we just kind of tap into um, when it's time to do so. And we can kind of be anything in any space. Wow. All of that. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it's kind of, it's it's funny looking back on it now. But as a kid, you know, you don't understand that. Um, but now being an adult, um, I'm extremely thankful for that. I used to hate being in there, though. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> I just always want to leave and be with my sister. But now looking back, like I'm extremely thankful for that, uh, for that opportunity to be in that space. Oh, gosh. You know, that is a beautiful um, understanding of, of how that's influenced your work, Emerald. And do you know that Penelope Cruz also grew up in a salon? Oh, wow. And that is where she got her feet wet with acting. Wow. She says that she would um, put on, mm -hmm. you know, for the uh, clientele, and that's how she learned her stage presence. Wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, so you Beyonce. have something in common with Penelope Cruz. <laughs> right. Beyonce used to do the same thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. I really love how um, you say that's where you really learn to understand the hustle of black women. And then mm-hmm. also where you got, you know, your feel for acceptance and diversity and inclusion. Right. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful. Um, tell us about the My God Wears a Do-Rag series. Ooh, so um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to try not to ramble. <laughs> um, I think this was my second year at, at SCAD. Um, and I became increasingly more irritated um, with the lack of representation in the photo buildings. Um, like, I understand there's not much of, you know, there's not that many Black students, but I think, you know, for the students and, and the work that we create, it's exceptional. Um, and and in my eyes, there was no reason why it wasn't being represented. Um, and just just a side note, like, that has changed this year um, due to the conversations of uh, that I've been having with faculty. And it's, like, really, really good to see that. But um, wow. But My God Wears a Durag was created out of that. Um of, of me being very, um, angry <laughs> and, um, I'm not religious, um, very much spiritual. And I always had this issue with religion as a whole, when it came to the stories and how those stories would then move into, um, visuals and, and image base. Um, and it would never represent things that I felt were accurate. And that would be primarily, you know, these biblical figures that will always appeared as white men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, geographically, that, that makes no sense. <laughs> but <laughs> it, was, uh, it was something that really bothered me. Um, and I think me not having any type of religious ties kind of gave me the fuel to kind of do that. And, um, and not to get too, you know, religious, but I think anything, not mean I say anything, but anyone, um, you are in a sense created in, in God's image. Um, and you're a reflection of that. And I think in the black community, there's a lot of people who refer to themselves as being gods or Kings. Um, and that's black men. And for black women, like it's either goddesses or Queens. And I think there's like this different, different type of honor to that. Um, as opposed to to what Black people are called um, in all different types of spaces, uh, <laughs> it was it's something to uplift. And I think my God wears a do rag was me taking these um, Black men that I saw every day. Um, most of them were my friends, and depicting them as gods. And I thought it was something that would create uh, a conversation to be had. And <laughs> it did. Um, and not always ones that I agreed with, but it did start conversations. Um, and I think mirroring them in a sense that made them very beautiful um, and majestic in a biblical sense, I think it forces people to to think of how you see Black men. You know, I think um, a lot of people classify Black men as like, you know, thugs, but in reality, you know, knowing them, being around them, being in that community, um, 
seeing how they are on a day to day and the way that they hustle, they take care of their kids. Um, they take care of their, their, their women, their responsibilities, the way that they carry themselves. It's very much aligned with being a God. Um, and the do-rag was just a perfect tie to black culture. Um, and you know, something that was used in slavery, um, but is now, you know, something that's like an everyday garment in a sense. Um, and it's something that's almost in every black home. <laughs> so it's it's a great connector and a great tie. And I ended up working with this designer, Micah, um, here in Savannah, who made the do-rags by hand. Um, so everything was all black. It was extremely beautiful. Um, and we shot the series and we did um, a video along with it that was edited by myself and was shot by a videographer, um, Lorenzo, but everything was all black from the do-rags to the models. Um, and it came together perfectly in my eyes. And it's, it's probably the, the body of work that I'm most proud of. Really? This series? <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was a labor of love. It, it took a long time, um, to put together, but it meant a lot to me. And to kind of see it years later, I'm still very much proud of it. You're like an anthropologist and a <laughs> photographer. You're so deep into the study of culture, Emerald. It's really um, interesting. Thank you. So what is it like to be a Black female photographer right now? Oh, um, hmm. What is it like? So I think for for me... Um, I've been extremely blessed. Um, it, it's not like I've been shooting for decades and I'm, I'm just now getting recognition. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't been shooting that long. Um, I think that the work ethic that I have, um, kind of stems from me being in the military with this very, like, it has to be done right now type of attitude, um, that kind of propelled me there, but also, you know, with, like I couldn't do it all on my own. There was definitely divine timing um, in work of of my ancestors in the universe to to get me here along with my peers. Um, but with the blessings that I have, I think it's more so important for me to give opportunities to people who look like me um, mm. because I've been extremely blessed. Um, and to be honest, like I, I wish I had an answer as to why I have been. I, I don't know, <laughs> but. I, I don't look at it as being a fluke or, you know, something that I, opportunities that I didn't work hard for. But given that I have those opportunities, I want to create ones for other people. And I think that's what it's like for me. It, it's not for me to, you know, um, I have a hard time being present and, <laughs> and really celebrating my um, success because I think it's a little weird for me personally. Um, but just the opportunities that I get, how can I turn that into an opportunity to, for someone else to either, you know, get the same opportunity or to, to elevate and then can continuously pass that on. Um, but it's an honor to be alongside all of these beautiful, um, black women who have like propelled like photographic arts to, to ways that no one's ever seen before. Um, and I think to be honored, to be recognized, um, you know, after being pissed off, having these conversations in circles with people who don't look like me, um, it means a lot. But I think that it's, it's kind of something that I don't only want for myself. I definitely don't want to be the only one in the room. I want 
like the room to be filled with us <laughs> um, and for us to be represented and for all of our stories to be told because they're not all the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that a lot of artists feel that way about not celebrating their victories. Right. You know, sometimes you have to get to the next project and you don't have time and it's hard to pencil it in and and make it feel like, okay, this was an incredible thing that just happened at, you know, I'm already on to the next thing though. Yeah. And I had a a very hard time with that. Um, I think every day is a lesson in being present. Um, because I, I look back at a lot of opportunities that I had, and not to get like sad or anything, but <laughs> I look back on a lot of opportunities that I had, um, and I really don't remember much about it, you know, because when I was in that moment, I was worried about something else. Um, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just like a little oh, yeah. quick, uh, quick story, I remember my first um, international exhibition was in Rome, um, and it was a lovely opportunity. Italy is like one of my favorite places in the world. Um, and the first time I went, I was deployed. And the second time I went was like for an exhibition, like three years later. So it was insane. Um, but going back, uh, I remember the flight for me to get there was like $700 and I set up a GoFundMe. It was paid off in like a week. (laughs) Um, and in the airport, oh my goodness. Um, I had to fly from Savannah to JFK. My laptop got stolen and it was my laptop with my hard drive. And, oh my God. Right. The worst. <laughs> Not, <laughs> the absolute worst. Like it had to be both of them. Um, but I remember, you know, the whole flight, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to get stuff done. I'm not being present. And my laptop gets stolen. I, I had to go because I had a connecting flight from JFK to Ireland. And I can't, you know, sit around and argue with JetBlue all day. I have to go. <laughs> so, um, you know, everything goes the way it's supposed to go. Rome was absolutely lovely. I was forced to be present in that moment. Um, I filed a claim with with JetBlue and I ended up getting my laptop back with my hard drive like three weeks later. Um, oh my God. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm like stressed out thinking about the situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, ended up, I ended up getting it back and um, it was kind of like a the universe, the universe kind of forced me in that moment. Like you're going to enjoy this. Um, and I always think about that when I'm like, you know, moving too fast and I'm not, you know, sitting and being reflective and being thankful for what I do have. Um, and not getting anxious about what I'm supposed to be doing and just really let things flow how they're supposed to, because everything's going to work on its timing, like on divine timing. Um, and you just have to be patient and just keep working. Oh, it's so hard to do that though. It is. Sometimes <laughs> it is just like, okay, work, 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 you know, I got to get this done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I feel so much in common with you just inside the artistic process. Yeah, it's really um, How did that exhibition come to be in Italy for you? Um. So, ooh, there was this, oh, it's a gallery called Loose and Art um, in Rome. And I submitted some work to them um, just kind of like on late nights of just trying to get my work out. When I really didn't know what I wanted, I was just kind of shooting. My inspirations were not, um, like I just wasn't well versed in the technicalities of photography. Like I definitely wasn't as good as I am now. Like I look back on that work and I'm like, Emerald, what the hell were you doing? <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, I was kind of like just figuring things out. Um, but I so you start somewhere, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, I submitted my work to them. Forgot about it. Um, I was leaving class one day, and I have like real bad anxiety with checking my emails. Um, so I refreshed my page after I got out of class, and they're like, "Oh, congratulations! Out of like." 1100 artists you're selected for this and I'm like what like it was it was insane and it was my first international exhibition and I think I had only been shooting for a year and a half um and I think less than it was less than a year and a half for even fine art because I started off doing um concert photography first so it was like a big boost to my confidence and like you know you're doing the right thing and I went out to Italy and I had a phenomenal time. Um, my professors were extremely flexible um, in letting me get my work done because I had to go during finals. <laughs> so it um, oh my God. it ended up working out like perfectly. Um, even with me getting my laptop stolen, it needed to happen. <laughs> it needed to happen. But it was a it was a lovely experience. Um, it was different going to Italy, you know, as a as a civilian and being engulfed in that culture. Um, and, you know, pre-COVID, it was definitely a place that I wanted to live. Um, but judging how things go, probably like at the end of this year, I'm hoping that I can live there for a year. Wow. So you want to move to Italy I and love be Europe. a photographer there. Yes, I love Europe. The They're not so much evolved. I don't want to say evolved, but involved in this um Oh, like this kill yourself, work forever. <laughs> oh yeah, they have such a different outlook. Yeah, and it's lovely. You know, they um they don't fight um over there. It's not a lot of aggression. Everyone is like pretty much to themselves. They're very kind. Um I, I don't know, Europe was just a, a beautiful, peaceful place to be. And then coming back to the States, of course I missed it, but when, as soon as I got here, I'm like, I want to go back to Europe as soon as possible. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. You talked a lot, Emerald, about what kind of opportunities you want to create for others in your community. What are those, what do you want them to look like? So I think for, well, I can speak kind of, of, of what I'm doing presently. Um, sure. So I'm editor in chief of Ain't Bad. And, you know, I came on during a time where it was my presence was needed. Um, I felt and and the team felt so. That was the first thing. Um, get in a position to where you can create change. Um, then put other people in, you know that that same place where they can implement their own changes, and you all can have discussions about what needs to change, and then do it. Um, so one thing just kind of through ain't bad. What we were able to do was uh, contribute over five thousand dollars to different organizations such as like the Immigrant Justice Corps, uh, the House of Tulip New Orleans, um, which, you know, they buy houses for trans men and women so they're not homeless. Um, and just oh different- Oh my gosh, that's Yeah, amazing. so different different type of organizations like that. Um, Black Girls Code, um, Black Lives Matter, and all the different chapters in different cities. Um, and then also having- our recent call for entry, um, we had all women uh, curators, and it was absolutely lovely to work with them. Um, but we had all these different eyes on work, and this beautiful um, 
a compilation of art that we're putting together for this new issue. I'm super, super excited about. Um, we hosted a Q&A with um, Danielle Scruggs and Oriana Corinne to have a conversation about resources and advice to give to photographers. Because it's, it's a gatekeeping community in a sense. And mm-hmm. for a lot of Black artists, we're, we're often kept out of that because there's not representation inside that gate. Um, so it's been a lot of dismantling. It's been a lot of work to create those opportunities. Um, even for artists that you know just DM me um, and they're like, hey, can I get some advice? Um, Hey, can you share this post? Can we do this? I'm I'm all about support because I don't mm-hmm. think I would be where I am if it wasn't for my peers um, and other Black artists who genuinely just want to support. Um, and it's been great to do that for each other and have that relationship. And then to do it through Ain't Bad, provide funds, opportunities, resources, and advice. I mean, it's it's been an honor. And it's kind of something that I do want to keep doing moving forward just so we can be that you know that space for for artists to to get what they need to move forward um and have all those tools right right at the tip of their fingers emerald tell us about the premise of ain't bad in and of itself yeah so ain't bad is a independent publishing company um so we publish books for artists um primarily photo artists and we just published our first book of written words. Um, I wouldn't say that is absolutely, uh, you know, just, just poetry, but it's, it's, it's a beautiful book by Carrie Fagan. Um, and I'm a big fan of him. He's a photographer who actually decided to, you know, do a book that's not just photography. Um, but in that, and we also post, um, photographic arts and we've kind of opened it up to all mediums and we do interviews. Um, it's it's a space where kind of anything is possible <laughs> at this point because you know we're I think we did a lot of rebranding and we're kind of open to all ideas but right now we we're kind of open up to all mediums and just really want to put people in positions to you know make money and also be independent on their own I think that's um, extremely important and that's kind of what I lead with as editor in chief. It's so good. Thank you. <laughs> It's been it's been ten years um, of work that wasn't done by myself. I just joined um, last year, but it's been great to contribute to the work that's been um, you know that's been out because they make the the artists that they they show are absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, I, I can't wait to read Carrie Fagan. He's lovely. I'm I'm a fan. Um, I remember the first Zoom call that we had with him. I was trying not to to fangirl. Uh, <laughs> Cause he, it's like, <laughs> well, it's like, oh, I'm talking to like, like he's like, it, how can I put this? In? He's like Beyonce to me. Like his work is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for him to be so humble, and then his book is extremely transparent and is so beautifully written. It's, it's, I can't wait for people to read it. <laughs> I'm how, so, so excited. Oh, as you should be. Um, how did you get in touch with him? So we, um, ain't bad. We came up with this idea of funding two black artists' books, um, and, you know, them having the work ready to go and then we publish it and they don't have to pay for anything out of pocket. Um, and Carrie Fagan, I found out about his work when he shot ASAP Rocky's album cover testing and, 
I found him on Instagram, loved his work, kept following him. And then he did some work for Solange with um, her last album. And it's not clicking what the name of that album is. But um, I saw his work again and I'm like, what? what is he like? He's otherworldly. <laughs> like I don't understand. Mm. And then, um, he's been doing these, uh, exhibitions and shows with chair stacking and just the way he thinks is just absolutely beautiful. I love, um, black artists who don't follow a, like a, a type of structure. He just does whatever he wants to do. Um, and he's confident in doing that. And I was like, the first person that came to mind was Carrie Fagan. I'm like, carry all day <laughs> so that's how I became familiar with his work and then did he reach out to you about the writing no um I actually reached out to him um we had a meeting and he kind of discussed what he wanted to do so of course we approached him with you know wanting to to publish his photographs but he was like you know that that'll be great but I really want to include some writing and oh my god I think what he he brought to the table is so authentic. I think any artist can relate to it. And I think specifically him being a Black artist, every Black artist is going to relate to everything that he's talking about. Um, regardless of experience, um, like you're going to feel, you're going to feel it in your soul. <laughs> um, and, you know, him approaching us and saying that he wanted to do that, it was very much like, okay, like, sure, why not? And what he was able to to convey is just absolutely beautiful. He's he's a transcendent person um, and a beautiful artist. Wow, how exciting! Yes, <laughs> Emerald, you're so young and and you're doing so much. You're very accomplished already, um, and you were a photography intern for 30 rock at NPC. Is that right? Yeah, I'm, I'm still, um, <laughs> intern for them. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of stuff on my plate. Um, but NBC just, just to give a, a quick ode to them, like I've never loved a job in my life, um, ever. And in pre COVID, um, I moved to New York. Um, uh, I had like a week to find an apartment. Uh, it was, it was very rough being Southern and being country and having to go to New York. <laughs> but Every day, and I lived in the Bronx, um, and going to Manhattan was like a 40-minute train ride back and forth, and I would be walking home at night, um, you know, and, and going to school full-time at the same time. And even with all that going on, I loved waking up and going to work every day. And then for them to even continuously offer me opportunities during COVID is something that I could not be more thankful for. Um, it is the greatest job I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Wow, so you're still working for them now? Yes, um, I. It's gone on like two years of me working for them now. Um, it's been six. No, I'm lying. It's been five. Five semesters. The summer will make five semesters. I've been working for them. And so, how does it work from Savannah? Yeah, so we uh, pretty much it's just like a program that we have to download um, just on my computer and everything just kind of works off of there. So thankfully, you know, we kind of work off of all one program for our images and it's just kind of like when things need to get done, you just have to go and knock it out. It, it is a little difficult, you know, being at home and school's online, work is online. So I'm kind of like tag teaming between both. But um, I think I think the fulfillment and what it does for me, it, it it's worth it. Like I, I'm grateful for that opportunity and especially to still be doing it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's incredible. It, it really is incredible. I hope that you are getting rest. Ooh. Um, <laughs> it seems, I was just telling somebody yesterday, I was like, being tired is starting to become like my personality trait because <laughs> I'm always super exhausted. But, you know, with Starbucks, anything is possible. <laughs> you know, I was speaking with my friend Sydney about this and uh, we were talking about how like people will charge their electronics more than they will rest their bodies. Very true. You know, we need everything to be at 99, 100%. But when it comes to us, it's like, oh, I can, I can get by. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That burnout is serious though. <laughs> it is. And you know, it's the hustle culture, right? right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the be the best, do everything, have everything culture. Right. No, I remember when um, I was doing concert photography which was kind of, uh, that's actually how I met Lacey, uh, funny enough. But um, I was doing concert photography and I remember my schedule used to go, um, wake up in the morning, go to class, come up with some type of elaborate lie. Every time there was a show, get out of class, drive from Savannah to Atlanta, which is four hours, shoot a show for probably six to eight hours. After the show, drive back to Savannah, another four hours, wake up in the morning, go to class. And then I would sleep either in class or right after class. <laughs> oh, my God. And I ended up developing a stomach ulcer from doing that. Um, and it slowed me down for sure. So I think from that, I was kind of forced to relax. Like, no, you're going to rest because you don't have a choice now. Oh, yeah. Your body, if you don't do it, your body will force you. Very much. <laughs> Whatever it needs. In different ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, shout out to our dear friend, Lacey Chamberlain. Yes. Uh, I know she's listening, who connected Emerald and I. Very, very grateful for that. Um, Emerald, how has photography changed your life? Oh, wow. Um, wow. Uh, wow. Okay. So um, no one's ever asked me that. <laughs> Well, I'm happy to be the first. <laughs> now, photography has um, given me a voice. Um, I don't, I think as a kid, I was never really one to, and I'm kind of still this way. I'm not, I'm kind of standoffish a little bit. Um, and I really don't like forced communication. So it has to be like, I have to feel it in my spirit to want to talk to someone. <laughs> and, you know, I think with photography, there's so many things I wanted to say. Um, but of course, you know, there's these tropes of being the angry black woman. And, you know, it was something that I never wanted to be um, until I got older. And, you know, I find reasons why I can be mad, but I also have a thousand reasons why I can be happy. But for the things that are important to me that I want to speak about, um, that I want to show people, my camera has given me that. Um, and of course, like it's taught me patience. I started off shooting with um, a digital camera so that instant gratification is there of an image. And then I started working with 35 millimeter in medium format. And now I'm learning large format. And it's a process that's extremely manual. And you, it'll, it'll take you so long to get an image and you'll sit there, um, you know, picking at an image for so long. But it taught me patience how to relax, um, and taking your time with things, um, and not being, 
you know, in a rush for everything to align the way you want it to. Um, and I think that working with photography is all about that moment. And I think it teaches you to be present in that moment. Um, there's this image um, entitled Black Madonna, which is probably like, it, it's my favorite image personally of my own. And that image wasn't staged. Um but I was in an art history class and we're learning about virgin and child. And I keep seeing all these depictions of women and none of them are black. <laughs> and I have this thought in my mind um, and I'm in the beauty salon and this little girl, she's running around with her mom and she's like grabbing at my camera and I'm like, you know, kind of freaking out cause I don't want her to drop it. Um, <laughs> but we're having this great conversation, like me and the little girl and, and her mom. And it's just like, wow, that was me you know, when I was a kid. And when I took that picture, it wasn't staged. It was perfect timing. It was being there in that space at that time. You have this camera, you're meant to be here. This picture is meant to be taken. Um, and it teaches me so much of intention, um, respect for the craft as a whole, um, and, and the way to treat people. And I think that in so many ways that camera has taught me you know, how to, to be independent, um, how to be vocal and aggressive in what you want, um, and, and how you want it to be seen. It's taught me how to be creative and be assertive because, you know, your, your image, um, the work you make, your creative process is, is you. It's, 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 it's a version of you. It's, it's a part of you. And, I think photography is probably the <laughs> the greatest thing to me. It's it's my baby, um, and it's aligned so much for myself. And I think it's given opportunities to so many people, and it, it's given hope to so many people. Um, yeah, I don't think there's there's any greater art form. <laughs> mm, well said, Emerald. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, I think the best way to reach me is probably Instagram, um, which is Emerald Arguelles, and that's E M E R A L D A R G U E L L E S. Um, and my website is www.emeraldarguelles.com. Um, and that's really the best way. And also, if anyone is interested in submitting their work to Ain't Bad, um, yes. it's the same way. <laughs> Um, you can either, you know, hit me up on Instagram, um, and I'll go through your work and we can have a great conversation, even if it's an interview or you just want to publish your work. Um, but yeah, those are, those are the best ways to get in touch. Oh my God. I'm so glad we had this talk. I'm yes, just so great. <laughs> elated. I love your insights. Um, thank you so much for being with us tonight, Emerald. No, thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate this conversation. I, I love that your platform is is able to have these conversations. Um, and I hope a lot of people, you know, get insight from this and a lot of inspiration. Mm, me too. <laughs> um, that concludes tonight's episode, everyone. Remarkable Voices is produced in Austin, Texas. Our editor is my husband, Patrick Flanagan. Get in touch with us if someone you know has a remarkable story or voice through our Instagram or for sponsorship opportunities at remarkable voices underscore podcast. 
Once again, this has been another episode of Remarkable Voices with your host, Meredith J. Flanagan. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you again.